Kelly in El Salvador, he's a young president and he got orange pill and he wanted to make huge transformation. So he decided not to negotiate with the MS-13 gang and they went on killing spree because of that. So Kelly called in a state of emergency. Within a six month period, he arrested and imprisoned over 65,000 gang members. And he took the country from being one of the most dangerous places with the highest murder per capita in the world to one of the safest places to live in Central America. I was ready to move then. Nobody has the time to even read a book. People are so consumed in uh, running on the wheel, trying to make ends meet to keep up with inflation. Do you have a prediction <laughs> for like 2024, 2025? How did you find Bitcoin and, and why did you stumble upon uh, this, this uh, crazy invention of Satoshi Nakamoto? I stumbled upon Bitcoin. Uh, I was looking on social media one day and people were talking about uh, what's this cryptocurrency stuff? My, my investment doubled overnight. So it caught my curiosity and I started looking into it. I downloaded a wealth simple app. And I started buying a bunch of altcoins, you know, a little bit of Doge, a little bit of Litecoin, a little bit of Bitcoin. And I was messing around with them, trying to watch them every day, going up and down and try to trade them for about a week. And I ended up losing about a thousand dollars. And then I decided that I really want to look into this and understand it. I want to continue to do it, but I needed to understand it a little better. So I started looking up some podcasts and stumbled across a bunch of uh, altcoin podcasts and people talking about which coins to invest in, how to profit, um, all that stuff. And then I came across what Bitcoin did. And I think it was Bitcoin Tina he was interviewing. And he started talking about Satoshi and how uh, he invented this thing bitcoin and nobody can stop it nobody knows who he is and then he disappeared and i just thought to myself this thing is special and i need to know as much as i can about this and i was already down rabbit holes learning about lifespan health span all that stuff uh so it was very easy for me to transition over to, into bitcoin and just so I, i really got it in a short period of time it only took me a couple of days to a week before i was orange pilled myself so, uh, like I said, Bitcoin, talk, Tina was talking about all that stuff. And then I just started looking for as many podcasts as I could and books. And I just started just absorbing as much as I could. I uh, found Tales from the Crypt. Um, and I just binged that. It probably took me, because it went back to like 2016 or 17 when Marty started that podcast. And it took me probably a month or two because I went right back to the beginning and I just put it on 2x and that's all I listen to every day. Everything from the beginning. Wow. Everything right from the beginning. And what, what, which year was that? Like how, that was how, the Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, what year did you stumble upon Bitcoin? Uh, in 2021. Okay, uh, so you watched... That's when Elon was talking about Dogecoin and all this stuff and, and, and that's what really sparked my interest because I've always been interested in Elon. He, he's done so many great things, just just crazy things. And you, you bought really it. Really, in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and But he'll get there. He doesn't have time to study Bitcoin. He got too much on his plate right now. <laughs> yeah, interesting because he only bought Bitcoin with his companies. Like he mm -hmm. mostly talks about Dogecoin. 
uh, when yeah. like right now he's not talking about the cryptocurrencies at all. Like I think since half a year he kind of is quiet mm -hmm. about everything mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrency related, Bitcoin related, Doge related. And but when he started talking about Bitcoin and Doge, he mostly talked about Doge. But he never bought Doge with any company. Like SpaceX bought Bitcoin, yeah. Tesla bought Bitcoin, uh, and he also went on an interview with Kathy uh, Woods talking mm -hmm. about that he has a significantly higher portion privately in Bitcoin than in Doge. Mm -hmm. Like he always stated that he buys way more Bitcoin than Doge. Uh, but because of that, that he talks so much about Doge and less about Bitcoin, people are assuming he is all in on Doge and Doge is for him the main asset. But it kind of isn't like it's it's a lot of bitcoiners uh, i see get this wrong and and i think i think he is a he is at his heart a bitcoiner he also uh, posted some stuff about austrian economics and hayek the memes with salma hayek and but the mm -hmm. austrian economics hayek uh, quotes so so i think he actually gets bitcoin and he chooses not to talk about it for whatever reason but uh, of course he has not a lot of time but I mm -hmm. think there's no way he does not get it. And he has um, a CFO at Tesla who really gets it. Like he mm -hmm. talked about Bitcoin and he really gets it. And he orange built him maybe even. So uh, that's that's that from, from, from Elon. But it's fascinating to see. Well, he's such a huge influence, right? So, I mean, if if he were to start promoting Bitcoin, it would probably be too much at once. Right. Yeah, and then he has also a lot yeah. of capital that he can unlock for Bitcoin with the whole companies and his private things, and he could he could incorporate it in in X. Mm -hmm. That would be something uh, like mm -hmm. really having Lightning. Uh, like if you you can set an I I send two uh, Sats every time I like something like this. Yeah. Just just small things like that. It would completely change. Uh, the X uh, thing. Mm -hmm. You you are also on X. Like, uh, what's your? Uh, how, how do you like X now after Elon took it over? Did you were on X before? It was called Twitter. No, I, I I never. I only joined Twitter for Bitcoin Twitter. Um, oh. So I, I've never been on there before. And I, what was your question again? Uh, um, just if if it was uh, before, uh, if you oh, before, before no, but, no. but if you. Well, on there, just with Elon, you cannot really compare it with before, right? Well, it, it it allows you to speak the truth now. You're not censored, right? Like, I go on there and, and I'm trying to spread the truth. And I, I call people out on things. I call politicians out on things. Um, yeah, it's, so. a, it's a great platform. Mm -hmm. You also told me that you were planning to move from Canada, where you are living right now. Uh, to El Salvador in the next couple of years. Uh, what's your what's your thinking around that? Like, what's wrong with Canada? What's what's right with, with El Salvador? Well, the state of Canada has been declining in the last couple of years, as everybody knows around the world. And I don't see it getting any better. They continue to just print money exponentially for social programs. Uh, they're actually talking about coming out with UBI now. Where's that money come from? So I, I think in the last couple of years, they added 
40 percent uh, more money in circulation uh, my house pretty much doubled in value um, the price of food has gone through the roof you know they're telling everybody there's five six seven percent inflation and we're trying to get it back down but if you look at the numbers of everything it varies inflation isn't a fixed number but if you if i look at my things that i purchase as a contractor and and just you know as a family things have gone up on average between 10 and 50 percent that's that's a lot higher than five to seven percent and they're just gaslighting people right to telling people that you know you're spending too much money on things. That's why there's inflation and telling people that things are actually cheaper than they are. And it's just not true. So I don't see it getting any, any better because um, they're under the, the old political system, the old system where politicians, it doesn't matter it, it, who they are. They just continue to print money and create bread and circus for the populace to distract them. It's like, uh, oh, look over here while we print more money to, to fund things that we want. So Bukele in El Salvador, he's a young president who, who took over and he wanted to make a huge change. He, um, he, he discovered Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador and he got orange pilled and he wanted to make a huge transformation. So he decided not to negotiate with the MS-13 gang that lived there. And they went on a killing spree because of that. So Kelly um, basically called in a state of emergency. And with the six month, within a six month period, he arrested and imprisoned over 65,000 gang members. And he took the country from being one of the most dangerous places with the highest murder per capita in the world to one of the safest places to live in Central America. And even in, it has a lower murder per capita rate now than Canada, right? So when I when I heard about Bekele and all this stuff, I was ready to move then, right? I'm very spontaneous and and I can see stuff and, and I, I make decisions quick, but I didn't want to bring that on my wife. So I didn't want to like say, we need to move out of here and all this. So. I just slowly started teaching her about Bitcoin and talking about El Salvador. And we watched a few podcasts and uh, YouTube videos of people actually on the ground there and talking about it. And she looked at me and said, we need to move to El Salvador. So my eyes just lit right up. I'm like, okay, what do we do? Right. So we just started planning. Um, it's probably going to take a couple of years. We have kids in the house, older kids that don't want to move. So we got to, continue to raise them and make sure that they're uh, able to take care of themselves before we move. And when we get down there, we would like to get set up and try to start to bring people uh, with us, right? Sort of like, you know, take them down on a little free trip and they'll never want to leave again. Sort of <laughs> I, I also think so that uh, there's has this kind of power. Um, how's the process of moving to El Salvador? Like, what do you need as a Canadian to, to move there? Is there any special, like, do you have to invest something there? I heard something that you have to put down a free Bitcoin and you can have an investment. Or it's like, uh, did you, uh, did you already research like what 
do you actually need for? Yeah, we've been talking to a few people and watching some videos. Um, you can you can you can spend Bitcoin or to get a citizenship. Um, now they they offer if you pay a million dollars, you can get citizenship uh, to move there. Um, you, you need a criminal record, back check. I can't remember what other paperwork you need. Yeah, but probably some, some, some usual normal paper stuff, but uh, you don't have to invest to, to move there, right? No, you have to have an income. Uh, like, um, so you could work online and have income coming from outsource. Uh, essentially, you go there, you can get, uh, you can stay there for a year and you have to renew your, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> What what are what are you actually working? Is that before like real estate and contracting? Uh, is that something? Is that like a full time job or uh, what are you working on? Yeah, so I'm self employed. Uh, I'm a contractor. I, I do kitchen renovation work. So that that gives me a lot of freedom. I don't have a boss. I work all by myself. So I don't have a boss. I don't have any employees. I don't have any coworkers. So I'm able to just. Uh, put some headphones on and listen to Bitcoin all day while I work. I've been doing my job for 20 some years now. So I'm pretty comfortable with what I do. I don't have to think about what I do at work anymore. So I'm able to focus all my attention to learning while I'm working. The working aspect is like breathing it's second nature now. So I feel very privileged and I don't take it for granted because um, not too many people have, have the ability to do that. And people, nobody has the time to even read a book. People are so consumed in, uh, running on the wheel, trying to make ends meet to keep up with inflation. But, yeah. um, yeah, as we said before, like Elon Musk, um, probably doesn't really have time to probably proper, proper read a book and, and then proper study Bitcoin. And I think, I mean, he is on the upper scale, like he could make the time, uh, but there are people that just cannot make the time because they are in this field rat race where they have to run from one month to another month, uh, just mm -hmm. to make with two, maybe even three jobs to make a uh, uh, roof of their roof over their heads, a uh, roof over their family heads, uh, eat something and live some life. And for them, it's really hard to break out because they can, like, if, if there's nothing up to save, it's hard to even save in Bitcoin. If, if there's like, if, if there's just no fiat left in the end of the month, it's, it's hard to, uh, even pay anything towards, towards Bitcoin and they cannot. They don't have time to, to research about what uh, Satoshi Nakamoto did and what Bitcoin actually is, and, and listen all day long to to the fiat uh, to Bitcoin podcasts. So it's a really good uh, situation where we are in. And I, I I had this privilege to start asking myself the question: What do I do with my money? Like uh, I don't know if you you heard it on maybe on one or two podcasts, or even if I even published it. But I started. And with 18 years old, I got some money from my grandma 
and I it was like 500 euros like it was not a lot but uh, this was my first money that was just left over because I was 18 and not working so uh, it was just like what do I do with the money and with 19 I also started working then uh, next to school and uh, I started the question like what what do I do actually with that energy now and uh, I put it in a savings account uh, you can imagine what this mm-hmm. this gave me like zero point zero zero one percent interest like they accumulated two cents in the first quarter <laughs> uh it basically was was giving nothing it was losing in value uh it was stumbling about uh, stocks it was stumbling about uh, etfs and for some reason i found picking individual stock really interesting and really intriguing and i was mm-hmm. uh, also good or good and lucky uh learned a lot about it and uh, because a lot of because of the success i had with picking stocks a lot of people asked me oh wow how do you do it and i went on like a tour like a family tour like to this household or this household and i explained them how do i pick stocks but the fundamental uh, fundamental problem they had they they didn't want to learn how to pick stocks. They wanted to learn how to secure their financial energy. And this is something completely different. Like picking stocks is a, is a, is a profession uh, where you have to listen to the, the quarterly calls. You have to read the 10 Qs, the 10 Ks. You have to really research what the management team is doing. Like that's, that's proper investing. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. completely different to Bitcoin. And then uh, I stumbled upon friends that told me, hey, there's this Bitcoin thing. You do this investing thing. Uh, what is Bitcoin for you? Like, uh, makes this sense? And I said, ah, it's a scam. Uh, this was in 2019. Uh, it's, a, it's a scam. I don't like it. And in 2020, more and more people are, were pushing me about Bitcoin and saying, hey, what's, what's, what's this thing about? And I actually was on a quest, uh, on, on a weekend quest to have good arguments against Bitcoin. And this was the weekend where I uh, found Bitcoin, discovered Bitcoin. And because I wanted to find arguments against it, but in the weekend I discovered that Bitcoin is actually something really, really cool and really, really good. So uh, this was kind of my story and I discovered that the problems I had earlier with the family members that they are wanting a place where they can save financial energy and not pick stocks mm-hmm. this is bitcoin like bitcoin is a savings technology for me i kind of rambled upon uh got on a ramp right now i didn't even, yeah, no worries. don't even know why i went on this <laughs> but, but uh well maybe... you when you watch your podcast you you invested you researched and invested in oh yes in yeah. tesla and you said that you went to the factory and you were talking to one of the employees there and you knew more about Tesla than he did. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, I actually talked with a Tesla employee and I knew so much about it. Uh, it's, mm. it's, uh, I was really like, I stayed up till 2 a.m. in the morning. Like I, I mean, in Europe, in Austria, and so I was, I'm not in the American time zone. So I had to stay up really late to listen mm. to the conference calls. Yeah. And uh, I, ha- I put a lot of work in. And this whole work then started to focus on Bitcoin, on finding out why Bitcoin and what what's it what is the Bitcoin technology all about. 
And uh, this really uh, opened my eyes as, as Bitcoin as a savings technology. Mm -hmm. um, but you said it was really quick. Uh, did you also, like, uh, I went on a portfolio streak where I had almost everything in, in Tesla, in, in stocks and in general. And then in one year from zero Bitcoin and 100% stocks to 100% Bitcoin and 0% stock and in one year completely all in. Like, how was your journey? Was it really like in one, two months, you're all in? And Well, for me, it was, I allocate a little bit of money. And then I, like I said, as I was learning, and as I was learning more and more, I, I was just more convinced that this, this was the thing. This was the change. It was the, 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 the fix to everything. So I have zero dollars in my bank account. Um, we... Recently, we're planning on selling our house. Um, again, I didn't want to convince my wife of it, but uh, she she brought it up. So we listed it on social media, not with an agent, but just kind of reach out to people and feel them out. Uh, our plan was to sell the house to somebody who wanted to rent it back to us for a couple of years so that we could pull all the capital out and pay off in a little bit of debt and then just put the rest into Bitcoin. But we talked to a couple of people and, and then she kind of backed out of it. So I just left it at that. But I've, I've been stacking just dollar cost averaging uh, ever since I started learning. And the allocation has grown um, over time. And um, I'm working as much as I can, minimize my expenses so I can spend more on Bitcoin and it's conserving my life's energy. Uh, I look at if you can get one Bitcoin right now, the value of one Bitcoin is like 43,000 US. If you spend $43,000 on a Bitcoin, you're buying like a hundred years of income, right? Like if you can put that away for a few years and as that starts to grow in purchasing power, it's, it's like, it's like a money pot that never ends, right? It, if you have 20 years income and it, it goes up five, 10, 20 X every four years, then you, you, you're set for life. Generational wealth to pass on for, for generations to come. Yeah, I also made this experiment today in uh, in one of my 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 posts on on X. Um, when you take Bitcoin and uh, see how many million uh, quadrillions of satoshis there are, and divide that number by how many uh, billions of people are there, uh, you come to a number of two hundred fifty thousand satoshis per person. If we assume the Bitcoin adoption is 100%, if we assume there's no Bitcoin left, uh, no Bitcoins lost, there's a wrong assumption, but if we assume that in the calculation, um, and if we assume that uh, the distribution about uh, from the Bitcoin is completely equal about all the citizens, this would mean with 250 Satoshis uh, in a future where Bitcoin is completely adopted, you can buy now for a hundred US dollars, mm -hmm. uh, the average net worth of a person. And I think it will be even less because it will not be evenly distributed. 
uh, it will be the base layer of our financial system. Uh, and um, I, I, I think uh, not evenly distributed, uh, it will be, uh, um, uh, I think this is the main part, it's not evenly distributed. And there's a lot of lost Bitcoin yet, that's what uh, I was mm -hmm. missing now. Uh, so it's probably not 21 million Bitcoin, it's probably 15, 14 million Bitcoin. So this would lead you with a really low number that you need right now to buy in Bitcoin to be set in life. But it depends on how long you look out for. Like mm -hmm. because to have an adoption rate for Bitcoin over 100% or even close to 100%, like 80%, we will probably need like a lifetime for that. Like it's, it's, it's not, it will not, not happen in, in five years or 10 years. So uh, it also depends on, on how far you go down. Like uh, I always, like when people ask me how many Bitcoin do, do I need to retire? I'm like, depends on the, on the outcome. If you want to stop working today and, and live on Bitcoin for the rest of your life and you are now 20, you probably need a lot of Bitcoin uh, um, because maybe it goes down, maybe it goes up. You you don't know. I uh, would not uh, uh, focus on that right now. But if you are having a long time horizon and you have a stable income, you don't need a lot. No, no. Well, I mean, it took only 15 years to go from zero to 40 some thousand now. And that was 93% of issuance with a half a percent of the global population. So because of the halving cycles, there's there's only less than 7% that the other 99.5% of the global population has to compete for over the next hundred and some years. So half a percent in a short period of time, fighting over 90 some percent, brought it to 40 some thousand. Like the number is, it's just gonna grow forever. Right. And do you have a prediction for like 2024, 2025? Do you make price predictions in, in Bitcoin? Well, I mean, nobody's ever right. I, yeah. I know it's going up and I know it's going to go up a lot. There's there's a lot going on this year. Uh, we get the halving. We have ETF approval within the next couple of days. That That's going to. That's like a having in itself. Um, I would say the diminishing returns is not going to occur this year. I I think we're looking at a ten to twenty x from where we stand now. Is yeah, what we I could, feel. We could actually. Yeah, we could actually have like a super cycle the, uh, this next cycle. I think like this could mm -hmm. be a cycle that's completely different than the last cycles. Like uh, Michael Zeller said it so nicely. Um, like if you're having a football game uh, where two teams that are equal in, 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 uh, in quality and quantity, uh, you're having a nice game, like one, uh, one team sets a goal, another team sets a goal. Uh, but if you change out some players in the halftime and all of a sudden the best goalkeeper is in the goal and the best uh, attacker is uh, in the front and there's a, like a really good middle field and a defender in there like it will be 10-0 uh, because it's like uh, the if, if if the big big boy comes in and with big boy i need i 
I, I mean now BlackRock, I mean, mean now ARK and all the big funds, this just completely changes the game. Like there's the, the, the buy volume that will uh, occur in, in 2024 is unseen. Like I think not almost no Bitcoin is ready for the bull run that we, we, we will witness this year. No, it's like the allocation coming is like, it's going to tear faces off. Like right now there's about, I don't know, $40 million worth of Bitcoin that is minted into existence every day. And it's pretty much being consumed as it's being purchased. And you're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars a day trying to purchase $40 million worth of Bitcoin. Yeah, the only thing that can happen is the number has to go up to, to meet that demand, right? And the price moves on the margin as well. So there's the multiple effect. Um, somebody said back in the last bull run, they figured for every dollar that went into Bitcoin, it, it increased the uh, overall um, uh, market cap uh, by 118. So for every dollar going in, it increased the market cap by 118. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is when only when only BlackRock uh, is approved, which is not like I think there will be many that will be approved. But if only BlackRock is approved, and if BlackRock only invests like one percent allocation, mm -hmm. uh, this will triple the buy daily buy volume of of Bitcoin. Triple mm -hmm. uh, with only and, and one and percent. Yeah, and um, that brings in FOMO from retail and everybody else, and it just it just feeds on itself, right? And then you have to consider this one percent will shoot up. Uh, they will have the the clients saying, "Oh no, I want five percent, I want ten percent, I want fifteen percent mm -hmm. allocation." Then there are like more funds than they are. They are not, they are even now coming in and uh, making advertisement like the 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 the, the, the some. Uh, ETF funds are now even advertising for a Bitcoin ETF that is not even approved. So mm -hmm. imagine how much marketing budget, how much salespeople, how much eyeballs will be on Bitcoin uh, in 2024 when the thing is approved, plus the whole capital that it's unlocked. It's it's, it's exactly. crazy. When, when, when I hear, oh no, the it's buy the rumor, sell the news, it's mm -hmm. not. It's, it's not even close to that. No. Well, that's a great point, because if you think about it, Bitcoin has nothing. There's no owner. There's no marketing budget. There, there's nothing. And and to get to where it has now with all the success and, and now, like you said, it has a marketing budget now. There's going to be millions and millions of dollars to promote this thing. So... Yeah, even if you see the community, like 2017, it was all about ICOs. It was all about altcoins. It was all about oh, this and that. And now there are Bitcoin-only podcasts like me, like myself. And there are a lot more out there, like what Bitcoin did. You mentioned Peter mm -hmm. McCorney. Uh, there's so many Bitcoin-only podcasts, Bitcoin-only articles, Bitcoin-only websites, Bitcoin-only uh CEOs of really, really big companies like Michael Saylor. Uh, we have Bitcoin-only presidents with Nayib Binkele. Um, there is a lot coming. Like we have come far, but we are still so early. Uh, this oh, this thing cannot be true at, at, at this time. So, um, 
better better stack as many sets as possible because it could be over end of the year like if, if we had one million US dollar end of the year it's not as attractive as it was uh, when you have 20 and also people like oh no i want to wait till it's back at thirty thousand or twenty thousand. really it's going to one million and you yeah. want to figure out if you want to buy at forty thousand, sixty thousand, or ten thousand. Like it does not matter. <laughs> no. So that's uh, that's that's my view on it. Um, to wrap the podcast up, we have an, an end routine. Uh, the podcast where the uh, previous guest asked the question for the next guest, and uh, the the question for you is: What has been your biggest personal belief? that you had to destroy in order for you to understand and adopt Bitcoin? Biggest belief I had to destroy. Well, I always was the type of person I always wanted to find the truth out about everything. Ever since I was a little kid, you know, we were lied to. Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and all that stuff. But at a young age, I, I always wanted to discover the truth. And I always knew that something just wasn't right about society. But when I started learning about Bitcoin, it opened up my eyes to what's actually going on. And it just, it changed everything, right? Um, you know, when you read hundreds of books and listen to all the podcasts, it just, you become awake and you feel bad for everybody because they're they're caught in the matrix right nobody understands what's going on everybody's being lied to everybody forgets you know you get the next politician in and they forget what the last one did right and then he's blaming the next guy and it's just it's it's a never-ending cycle but I, I think the biggest belief system that I shut down was just was it was that it was like trusting in in our leadership um like i said there was there was some concerns but but i i honestly thought that good leaders would have uh would consider their their people they but they don't right when I mean, you really realize that it it's it's all about uh just printing money and you know, there's, they get elected, they're in for a few short years and their whole role that time, their whole focus is on how do I get reelected? How do I establish myself with, with uh, people to be able to benefit myself financially? And they're just extracting wealth from, from the population. And then the next guy comes in, does the same thing. But I honestly thought that the healthcare system was, was there to help people. And then I realized it's not a healthcare system. It's a sick care system. It's it's there to. It's it's. Um, I mean, I don't know uh, how it's in in Canada called, but in Austria, uh, it's in German. It's it's called Krankenhaus. Like it's like a house for the sick people, <laughs> as you said. It's not a it's not a get wealthy house. Or not wealthy, get healthy house. It's like a, it's a sick house. And, and, yeah, they treat the symptoms. Right. That's it. They don't. They don't look for the underlying cause of of what you're going through. They just mask it by treating the symptoms and it keeps yeah. you sick. And yeah, it keeps... 
the July on the medicaments for like, oh, mm -hmm. with this, then take this. And then it's just like, when you read it, oh, it's just a painkiller. <laughs> it's like I, I want to know what's wrong with my body uh, and mm -hmm. want to know like how can I treat it and how can I be more healthy and not how can I like if you hit your toe every day uh, on, on, on the table maybe it's time to stop hitting your toe and not putting on uh, some some painkiller like this <laughs> yeah exactly uh, that's I think it's it's a beautiful I think a beautiful way uh to 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 end the podcast i think you you have a unique uh, uh bitcoin perspective uh, thank you for sharing it lorne and um you thanks you for talk, having me you, you talked before uh about maybe you start your own youtube channel i would really welcome that and maybe we see a, a lorne show uh in, in some amount of time so Sounds thank you good. for being on thanks for having me i'm honored have a good one